Well, it is so good to have every one of you with us today. And uh, right now we have many who are joining us online as well, like Michael and Carolyn, Eli, Tiffany, there's others. So if you're in the room with me right now, would you welcome in our online community? Good to have you all with us. Yeah. Well, hey, I love watching that uh, opener video there as it highlights so many of the things that God has been doing in this place and what you have been doing in this place as we strive to be a church that is out uh, sharing the love of Jesus, trying to love like Jesus into our community. And so every year we've, uh, over the last several years, we've started doing this Sunday, uh, this what we call Beyond Sunday. It's beyond the walls of, of this place and both locally and globally, uh, getting to communicate and celebrate what God has been doing through First Church. And, uh, and so that's why when you came in, you saw a lot of our uh, partners out in the gathering area, which I'm gonna encourage you later, go and, and encourage them and love on them and sign up for their prayer lists and sign up for their email lists and, and all that stuff. So, so they know they have a church back here that loves them and is behind them. But, uh, but again, that video that we just saw just kind of highlights so many of the things that you all have been involved in. Literally hundreds of you have been involved in over the last year. Things like going all the way back to Christmas meals last year where literally hundreds of you were a part of helping us get meals out to uh, families in need. And then there was hood hunts at Easter and, and blood drives and, and uh, uh, food donations and th food drives, uh, taking inflatables to schools, right? I mean, our schools love us because we bring them inflatables <laughs> for their kids to jump around on. And uh, many of you were a part of that. Uh, providing school supplies, serving at the Pregnancy Resource Center of Owasso, serving at Neighbors in Need, serving at Missions on Main Street, uh, the mission to Poland, many of you uh, went to, uh, the mission to New Orleans, the mission to Honduras, right? And so there were so many things that you guys were involved in and in helping us get the love of Jesus out into our community, and even around the world. If you've been here long, you've heard us say, make the statement that we wanna be a church that brings the joy of heaven into the sadness of earth. And you all have been helping make that happen. So I just wanna say, way to go church, right? Yeah. Good job. We wanna be that kind of a church. And so uh, in our efforts to love like Jesus, our goal is to help others come to love Jesus. Uh, it's not about us going out and doing things and serving uh, others so that we feel better about ourselves, right? That's not our driver. Our driver is that, that we wanna follow Jesus' call on us to go out into this world and to shine the light of Jesus into the dark places. And uh, so again, we just wanna communicate and celebrate what God's been doing in and through this place. Now, part of that, if you've been around here long, you know that it is part of our DNA as a church that we value children. We value kids and we spend a great deal of resources on our kids and on our students. That's why we're building an elementary building out here and we are so excited to get that done even though we're a year out still. But anyway, <laughs> just, we're so excited to get that and excited to see what God's gonna do through that facility. But we pour a lot into our next-gen ministries because we value kids. We see children as a gift from God. And we see it as part of our stewardship to, to come alongside of parents and grandparents and guardians to, to help you raise up your kids to know Jesus and love Jesus and to know his truth 
and live out their lives according to the truth of his word. That's, we know that's part of what we are called to do. And so we steward that. We're, we take that very, very seriously. And uh, John Weiss, he's a lead minister at one of our sister churches over at Southland Christian Church in Kentucky. Yeah, I'll mention Kentucky, yeah. But he said this, made this statement, he was talking about kids. He said, kids, they, their innocence is the last picture of God that we have left on earth. Like, yeah, that's so true. And he goes on, he quotes uh, Henry uh, Ward Beecher that says this, children are the hands by which we take hold of heaven. Children are a blessing and we ought to see them as that. They are a gift from God, but yet they are also gifted by God. That's why if you step into our children's ministry areas, you're gonna see kids already using their gifts for God's purpose, right? We've got kids that are running sound and on stages uh, leading in worship and because we want them to know that they can be used now and don't have to wait till they hit adulthood. I mean, God wants to use them now. And so we love seeing our kids engage in ministry and be a part of what God's doing here. We, we value kids here. But we live in a world and a culture that I believe has our children in the crosshairs. Uh, we see that play out in a number of ways. Maybe it's the millions of babies that have been lost to abortion because uh, they're viewed as inconvenient. Uh, we see it as a godless, secular society infiltrates positions of power and pushes their godless agenda into our education systems and onto our kids. Now, I, I'll tell you, here in Owasso, surrounding communities, we, we have some wonderful Jesus-following teachers, right? We're blessed by that. But that can't be said all across this nation and many places in this nation. We, we also see this uh, play out as we see this society that we live in that is so saturated with pornography, the, this unthrottled, what I'll call unthrottled access to pornography creates a deviant sexual appetite that will never be satisfied and will even, even go after our children for sexual fulfillment. One out of four kids in America have been abused by an adult who was supposed to be taking care of them. And around the world, uh, we continue to see insane numbers of kids that are being pulled into sex trafficking and I would say, if you go back and you've tried to find a route, I'd say our enemy is doing an amazing job through pornography. Now there's many great uh, missions organizations out there that are on mission to, to save these children, to, to bring them out of the darkness of sex trafficking and, and uh, introduce them to the light of Jesus, to bring them into freedom. And uh, last year, if you were part of the service, we had uh, Stephanie Freed here, who is part of uh, Rafa, and uh, they go and work with young girls who are coming out of sex trafficking, and we've been able to partner with them. 
But another one of our partners is Black Box International. And Black Box is all about reaching boys who have been abused and broken in sex trafficking. So we want you to just catch a glimpse of what Black Box does. Check out this video. What if your life was different? I mean, what if your life consisted of constant change and brokenness? What if everything you considered normal was gone? Or even worse, what if it was taken from you? I mean, what if you were forced to live a different story? This is the story of 1.2 million children across this world who are trafficked for sexual exploitation. These children are abused. These children are raped. These children experience these atrocities sometimes multiple times a day. These children need to be rescued. These children need to be healed. Black Box International is a nonprofit faith-based organization that is focused on the aftercare of victimized boys of sex trafficking. Our initial focus is on boys 16 years and under in the Dominican Republic. These boys are rescued out of the hands of tourists that have come to their country for sexual pleasure. Black Box wants these boys to find healing from their past, to find joy in their present, and to find purpose for their future. Your partnership with Black Box International works on behalf of these boys whose story must change. Today we have the, uh, the privilege of having Nick and Sarah Vaca with us from Black Box. Would you welcome them here to First Church? Uh, I, that's, that's heavy, right? You watch that video and it's just, oof. Um, and so before we find out more about you guys, which I want to hear about you guys for sure, um, tell us a little bit more about Black Box International, what it is, what they do, what you do. Yeah, sure. Before I dive too far into that, let me just thank you for the opportunity to be here with you today. It's a great honor and privilege to have the opportunity to share about the work we do. And I also want to acknowledge that there are a lot of really great ministries out there in the lobby who could also be up here today sharing about what they do and the amazing hard work that they pour into uh, work all over this area and all over the world. So please make sure you visit all the booths out there and hear about all the ministries that are that are taking place. Um, Black Box International is a nonprofit faith-based organization, and our mission is to provide what we call holistic aftercare for boys and young men who have survived sex trafficking. Now, when we say holistic, we simply just mean we care about the whole boy. Um, when a boy comes into our care, we wanna be able to meet his needs mentally, emotionally, physically, socially, and of course, spiritually. And so we've designed a, a model um, that 
exists to provide care in each of those areas of their lives. And that looks like a lot of things. Um, honestly, it looks a lot like, like just the care that you would provide for your own children if you have them. So that looks like having a, you know, a, a bed for them to sleep in, three meals a day, a roof over their head. Uh, they get an education. Sometimes they get special, um, you know, extra help from like tutoring if they need it. Um, they are involved in a lot of hobbies and activities, a lot of sports and things. Um, they are some of our older boys as they prepare to transition out of the home when they turn 18. They're involved in vocational training, so they're getting job skills and those kind of things. And then, of course, they're involved in, in the local church as well um, in, a, in a variety of different ways. So that's not an exhaustive list, but that's kind of a, a picture of who Black Box is and, and some of the things that we try to provide for the boys in our care. Great. Cool. So... Now tell us a little bit about you guys. Like how how did you guys become a part of Black Box? You know, what was it that that drew you in to be a part of the mission there? We both went to Ozark Christian College, which is going to train and equip people to go um, serve the people. Um, I grew up going to Cambodia, which is where Rafa House is that serves girls um, who have gone through things like this. And so at the age of 12, I saw this. I hung out with the girls. I danced with the girls. Um, and being 12, that's really young. And so to have that information at such a young age, I always knew I wanted to do something in that, but I just didn't know what that looked like. So we went to Ozark where um, the founder of Black Box was one of our professors and Nick can... Yeah, well, I, I kind of have a, a different story. I was in college before I even learned that sex trafficking was, was an issue. Um, and I, I think my... There we go. I'm blocking the antenna. Um, and once I learned about it, man, I was, I was shaken to the core, especially when I learned that it happened to boys too. And so we were involved in a, in a variety of different ways with Black Box, and it eventually led to about four years ago, we were approached about coming onto the team, and we prayed about it and, and decided, yeah, we want to take a part in, in this mission. Cool, 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 cool. Well, um, so what are, what are your roles specifically there? What do you do? So I am the director of client services. So that means um, we have a child protection policy that's going to protect our staff working with the boys. It's going to protect us. It's going to protect the boys, making sure we're all following the rules pretty much. Um, also doing trainings on trauma-informed care. So are we following best practices when working with boys coming out of situations like this? Um, also, me and another girl on our team is doing research on trafficking that's taking place with children who have disabilities, because that's another very vulnerable um, population. So making trainings and equipping our team to deal with boys who might have a disability that comes through our home. Yeah, I, uh, I get to do a lot of different things. Um, one of the primary responsibilities I have is getting to share um, in situations like this. Actually, as a matter of fact, this past summer, we got to spend um, about three weeks with your students at Camp Sayokomo, which was a really special opportunity. Um, your students were incredibly generous, donating almost $10,000 to the work of Black Box this summer, and so that was an amazing uh, thing that we got to do. Another uh, kind of part of my role is, is helping coordinate logistics when we travel down and visit our homes. Um, so we have a home in the Dominican Republic, um, and then we're in the process of building in, in Haiti, and so just coordinating with our team on the ground, we try to uh, relieve the responsibility from them as much as possible and take care of logistics on our end because they're doing really hard work. So, yeah, for sure. Well, so, so as far as how the ministry operates, as I understand it, you you all are not on the uh, go in and actually find the boys and and 
get them out of the situation, you are receiving the boys um, from those who are doing that. Is that correct? Yes. Right. Um, so as, th- as those boys come in, uh, um, like how responsive are they to the gospel? Because yeah, I know, as you said, you know, uh, you know sp- spiritual side of this is so important. So what, what are you seeing happen in the lives of these boys? Yeah, obviously, you know, every, it's, it's individual, right, mm-hmm. for, for every boy coming in. A lot of our boys, um, growing up in their culture, they've already been exposed to the gospel. Maybe they grew up in church and ended up in, in this situation um, as a little bit older. Some of them maybe have never. And so we try to meet each of them individually, right, in, in their own needs. And so the boys are, we, we, of course, never force a boy in our care to follow Jesus. They come to that decision on their own. But they are involved in things like church activities. They go to church on Sundays. They're involved in youth group. Uh, they go to a variety. They're actually involved in multiple different churches and organizations and things that, that take place. We have two local pastors on our board down there that are constantly pouring into the boys. Um, and so they are exposed to the gospel often. And I would say that, that in, you know, his, um, speaking from what I've seen, they respond really well to the gospel. As a matter of fact, um, one of the most powerful things that we get to experience when we travel down and, and visit our team in the DR is going to church with the boys. And I, I very vividly, I was there just a couple of weeks ago and I, I have this uh, memory of this boy who was in the front row and he's in this row all by himself and he is just up there, I mean, just praising God with, with total abandonment. No, not a care in the world. You know, these boys, they sing at the top of their lungs with, with absolutely no care about how they sound. Um, and so it's just, it's, it's amazing to see uh, really genuinely the, the heart that they have for Jesus and, and wanting to know him deeper and serve him. Hmm. I, I know uh, one of the questions that came out of our first hour was just the name Black Box. Um, so you want to speak to that? Like, where did that come from? Was it even, was it mean? Okay, so we are called black box, and it can be kind of confusing, but whenever you see a person who has come from a situation that, um, a situation like sex trafficking, we want to protect their identity. So we place a box over their eyes when pictured. We never post pictures of our boys. So if you go to our social media it's not our boys because we believe that that is their story to share. You will never find us sharing their story, sharing any part of their face, even with a black box over their face because that's their choice. And when they want to do that, if they want to do that, they get the choice to do that. But we have a black box over eyes um, for protection. And we say behind every black box is a story and that story must change, um, hoping that they do find healing through Jesus. So you, you mentioned the local church. You're trying to get these boys plugged in, not just in your ministry, but partnering with local churches there and youth groups and everything. Um, how, how important is the local church here? We know you're connecting there. How, how important is the local church here stateside? Yeah, um, our ministry is possible only because of the, the generosity and, and the prayer of, of local churches here in the U.S., um, so much of, of what we do is only possible because you sacrifice and you give. And so I want to thank you on behalf of Black Box and our team. You're, you sustain the work that we are able to do. Um, one example of this even looks like things as simple as there's a, there's a boy in our home who um, he got a, a tooth chipped at one point over the last couple of years. And, and he became really bashful because it, it changed, totally changed his smile, right? He didn't want to really smile, didn't want people to see this broken tooth. We were able to to, to take him 
and get that tooth repaired. And now anytime you see that boy, he just lights up and he has this beautiful smile. And that's just like one tiny example of, of what your finances are going toward helping with the ministry of Black Box. And so thank you for your generosity and for giving. And I also wanna encourage you, so often uh, people, we, we hear it over and over, I wanna do something, I wanna do something. I'm gonna encourage you, if you want to do something, then please commit to praying. This is a deeply spiritual battle. Um, and the enemy, you know, Matt, you already said it, he, he delights in the destruction of these boys. He, he delights in, in the fact that they are being abused and, and really just discarded. And so we need you to, to join us um, in prayer and, and partnership in, in the gospel in that way. So you guys have been on staff, I think you said three years, and uh, kind of seen, now you've seen the inside, the outside, you know, and probably have a great perspective of what God's doing. What, what do you see um, God doing now? Like, what's the big way you see God moving that's like, whoa? Because we've been in this season here at First Church, honestly, we keep on going, wow, this is awesome, you know? And, and I, I know that you guys see that as well out in the, out in the field. What, what is it that you see God doing? I wish everyone could meet the boys and see the boys uh, just because they are filled with so much joy after coming through so much pain. And it's healing is going to take a long time, right? But um, just small stories of, there was a hurricane that went through the DR recently and our boys were the quickly wanted to check up on our cook who I think lost her roof. And they wanted to go over there begging to get taken over there on the van with the van um, to help her. And so they are the first to want to serve because of that. And they are being led by their local church and the men in the church. When we went to church, you see these men, they don't want to sit by us, which is, which is awesome. They want to sit by the men who are coming right next to them, grabbing their shoulder and leading them in worship and in prayer and putting them, they're all on their knees praying. Um, and so because of that, they're wanting to then go serve other people. And they're wanting, when we're there, they're wanting to pray over us and um, telling us what they want to do with their life become pastors and so it's small things that are actually huge and who knows in 10 years if those boys are going to go and preach the word and take it to even more boys and yeah that's it's huge um i'll share another way quickly um i've mentioned that we are uh, expanding our work into the country of haiti and if you know anything about haiti um, especially right now it is just a a very um chaotic place, very volatile, um, not much stability at all in that country. And it's been that way for a couple of years due to a lot of things, a lot of political instability. Um, and it makes, you know, the, the progress difficult and, and challenging. We, we started uh, really building in Haiti in about 2019. And so over the course of the last four years, we have been inching forward, inching forward. And we're finally getting to a point where our, our residential building is almost completely finished. Um, and almost ready to, to intake boys. We have a second phase of that project that we're working on as well, but hopefully, God willing, within the next six to 12 months, we will be able to hire staff. We've already begun some preliminary interviews with some, some of the executive team that we're hoping to hire and then intake boys in Haiti and officially be serving boys in two different countries. And so please join us in praying for that process. It has been grueling, um, but we have also seen God's faithfulness throughout that journey, um, just continuing to inch forward despite the chaos that is there. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Well, um, you've mentioned praying, uh, how important that is. Um, 
what are, what are, other, are there other ways that people can be involved in what's happening with Black Box? Um, I don't know what all you have at your table out there and stuff, but uh, what are other ways that people can be involved? Sure. One of the primary things that you can do very easily is just be an ambassador. Um, you in this room and, and watching online are now some of the most informed people in the world on this topic. Um, I, we still, no matter where we go, we are constantly encountering people who are saying, oh, I didn't realize that this happens to boys too. Conservative estimates suggest that at least 400,000 boys are trafficked for sex around the world each year. Um, we think that that number is probably quite a bit higher than that, unfortunately. And there is just little to no aftercare available for boy survivors when they've been removed from these types of situations. And so just spreading the word, getting, you know, expanding the network, we wanna be able to, to provide care for as many boys as we can, and we can only do that with, by more people knowing and more support happening. And so, yes, please come talk to us at the booth. We've got some other ways that people can be involved. Connect with your students too. Let me say that because this, this summer I mentioned, we, got to, we spent a lot of intentional time talking with them and how they can be involved in this. And so I bet they've got some really good ideas. So I would, I would encourage you to connect with them and, and kind of follow their lead on that. Cool, cool, cool. Well, I, I appreciate you all coming and sharing and kind of opening our eyes up to this because I think a lot of uh, churches or even just believers, um, I, I don't think we want to hear about it a lot. It's like we want to stick our fingers in our ears and say, no, 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 you know, it's not really happening, but it is, right? And we, we don't want to be the kind of church that just sticks our fingers in our ears and goes about our, our day. We want to be a church that knows what's happening and, and be a part of what you all are doing in the lives of these boys. And so, so thank you. Thank you for what you're doing. Pass that on to the rest of your team. Tell them thank you uh, from First Church and uh, let them know they've got a church here that uh, you all have a church here that loves you and supports you. Okay. You. Would you appreciate Nick and Sarah for being here with us today? Thank you. Thanks, guys. And again, thank you, church, uh, because of your generosity. We, we get to partner with um, ministries like Black Box International and Rafa House and others that minister to these kids um, that on many levels, they are the, the forgotten ones. And uh, we don't want to forget them um, because uh, when, when we can help provide care and help and hope to these, to these boys, um, they get to experience some of the heart of Jesus and the love of Jesus. And uh, we want to be a church that helps make that happen. And I know there's lots of emotion that comes out of hearing about this, being confronted, you know, just so bluntly about what's happening to these boys. Um, lots of emotion comes out of that. There's, there's a, a sadness in, uh, for what these boys are experiencing and an appreciation for those who are, who are out there and ministering and, and trying to help them. But let's be real, on the other side, there's disgust and there's anger, right, um, that, that we feel. And we, we wanna hold on to the words of Jesus when he said over in Mark 9, uh, and if anyone causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, uh, it would be better for him to be thrown into the sea with a large millstone tied around his neck, right? And so we're like, let's go get a truckload of millstones and go find these guys, right? That's, what, that's what, how some of us wanna be. 
But we are a church that's about changing hearts. There are people out there that are that are looking and searching. You heard that's part of the story. They're the ones that are that are out and finding abusers. But we want to be a church as a church. What God calls us to is change hearts. Char- hearts of these young boys who've been abused and, and hurt so deeply, but also there is ministry and these happen in the lives of these abusers. Their hearts can be changed too. And we need to pray for them too, as difficult as that might seem. But where it really starts for us as a church is it starts right here in our own hearts. We have to look at ourselves. We have to ask the question, am am I going to do anything about this? Am I going to have a heart of Jesus towards these boys or others who, who are in similar circumstances and situations? Maybe you remember the scenario that played out uh, with the disciples and Jesus one time whenever some parents were trying to bring their, their kids to Jesus, to be blessed by Jesus, and the disciples uh, seemed to think that Jesus didn't have enough time for children's ministry, right? Like, oh no, he, he's adult ministry. You know, we let's save that for somebody else. But Jesus had other, other words. He said there in Mark 10, he says, let the little children come to me. And do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. I tell you the truth, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. I think Jesus was a little perturbed over the disciples when they pushed the kids away. James, is, uh, James the brother of Jesus, uh, he would later say this over James 1.27, religion that God our Father accepts as pure and Faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. They used a word a moment ago when they described these boys as those who are vulnerable. And that's the heart of that verse. As the church, we are supposed to have open eyes and open hearts towards the vulnerable in our culture and in our, in our world. And these kids, I don't know if there are any more vulnerable than them. And so God desires us to reach out to the vulnerable, to care for the vulnerable. I mean, we all, we all love the stories uh, that come into the news whenever somebody s- rescues somebody from a situation. I read one just this week about three uh, garbage guys down in Louisiana that as they were driving their truck, they saw another truck behind them veer off the road and, and they pulled over and sure enough, that truck was sinking in the river next to them and they, two of them dove in while the other one called 911 and they saved this truck driver. You know, you hear stories like that and it's like, wow, that's awesome. I love to see the human spirit. I love to see when somebody recognizes somebody needs help and they do something about it. We want to be that kind of a church that recognizes that God has called us to be on mission, a rescue mission to reach the people in this world, the people in darkness. Remember what Jesus told his disciples over in Acts chapter one, verse eight. Jesus is about to ascend into heaven and he's kind of giving them his last charge and He says this, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, which is about to happen at Pentecost whenever uh, Peter's preaching. 
and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. He says, this, this is what my church is gonna do. They're, they're gonna be my witnesses. You're gonna be my witnesses, not just here in Jerusalem where they were, but to the next area, which Judea, the next area, Samaria, to the next area, all the world, which for us, that's Owasso, and then that's Northeast Oklahoma, and then that's North America, and then it's the globe. It's the rest of the world. We wanna be a church that recognizes the mission that God has given us and the Holy Spirit that he has given us to have power to go out beyond this place and to do incredible, mighty things in his name as we reach those who are in need, those who are in darkness, those who don't know him. That's the kind of church we are and that's the kind of church we wanna to continue to be. And when we take hold of that calling, we just need to recognize, hey, we're just following the example of Jesus when he says over in Luke 19, for the son of man came to seek and to save what was lost. That's what we're supposed to be doing. It's what he did and that's what he calls us to do as well. We live in a world that needs Jesus, that needs hope. And that's why we partner with people like Black Box and all these partners that are out here in our gathering area. One of our partners is Pro-Am Ministries where Mac and Olivia Johnson serve in Poland. And we had a team that went to Poland this last year and we're gonna have another team that's gonna go to Poland this next year. And we want you to get just a little glimpse of what God's doing through them. Check this out. I'm Mac Johnson and my wife and I work for Pro-Am Ministries, which is a Polish nonprofit organization. So it's been working in Poland for the last about 30 years. And so our primary job is to teach English and to build relationships with people. And then we just share the gospel. We have students coming from central Poland and from the neighboring countries as well to come and just have a normal Christian week of camp which in our context is a huge deal. Most people are not Christian. Uh, they think that that Christianity is sort of a cult, but for some reason, parents are willing to send their kids to us. I think one of the things that I really like doing here is uh, just seeing all these kids having fun and like even just going out there and seeing the towns and like, the effect that this camp has had on people. For those who are familiar with Sciokamo or any of the summer camps that happen here in the States. It's very similar to that, but with kind of a Polish flair. So we just have a lot of very different things. Uh, basketball courts, soccer fields, climbing walls, zip line. One of the things I've really uh, been impressed with here is seeing kids coming up here to uh, work with the kids uh, here in Poland, help them to know uh, what a true relationship with Jesus is. When I went to Poland for the first time, I did not expect to be called to the mission field. I did not plan on being a missionary, but I went to Poland for the first time and God just told me, this is where you're going. So we're satisfied because we have no doubt in our minds that this is where God called us to be. So that actually relieves a lot of the pressure to worry whether or not this is something that we should be doing because we know we're supposed to be there. So when things are hard, we are totally comfortable with that they're hard. We don't question, did we make a mistake? We feel extremely blessed to be able to work alongside Polish people, to love Polish people. I want to learn you and know you the way I want to be known. And then I want to be able to say, this is how Jesus changes you, morphs you into the person that you were designed to be. Just sitting in the, the worship experiences at the camp and observing the worship in, in many different languages at the same time, 
it speaks to my heart. That's what heaven is exactly going to be like. I love being able to experience that here on earth alongside our, our brothers and sisters at the same time. Listen, Jesus continues to work in this world and he continues to carry out his rescue mission through his church, through you and I. And we need to understand that. That's our responsibility to be a part of that. And we don't have to go on missions trips to go on mission, right? Every day is a day for us as followers of Jesus to be on mission, Wherever God plants us, wherever we find ourselves, we've got to recognize that we are on mission. We're to be the light of Jesus in the darkness because there are so many people, even right here in Owasso in Northeast Oklahoma, who need to know Jesus. So we wanna be a church that continues to live on mission, but... We also have mission trip opportunities <laughs> if you wanna be a part of that. And this past year, we had many and we've got several that are going into the, this next year as we're gonna be heading back to New Orleans and we're gonna be going back to uh, Poland and we're gonna be going back to Honduras and Piedras Negras, Mexico. All of these are opportunities, trips that you can be a part of to go out on mission beyond this place, beyond these walls, if God puts that on your heart. And so I encourage you to go. Uh, we have a Love 918 and Beyond table right in front of the Christmas trees. It's the only red table out there, I believe. And go out there and you can hit that QR code and you can ask them about more questions and you just sign up. Hey, yeah, I'm interested in this, this, this. And we can give you that information as more information and signups begin for those missions, trips, opportunities, okay? Hey, church, again, we wanna be a church on mission. We wanna be a church that is active in reaching this world. It's one thing to say, yeah, I'm gonna pray for them, which we need to do that. And it's one thing to put some money in the, in the offering, because we need to do that. But it's another thing to be actively involved in what God is doing in this world. What is God calling you to be involved in? How is he calling you to carry out his mission? Father in heaven, we thank you for our partners. We thank you for Black Box International and the work that they continue to do in the lives of these, these boys and these young men. And we just pray, God, your blessing on them as they continue to expand their their mission, their, their ministry. And so we just lift them to you. We thank you for the time we've had with, with Nick and Sarah today. And God, we pray for all of our partners, God, who are out serving, who are out working, who are out on the front lines of, of ministry around this globe. God, we lift them to you as they are facing the enemy like we face the enemy. God, protect them, give them boldness, give them supplies, support, give them all they need to continue to take the word, your word, your truth, your hope into this world. And so we lift all of our partners to you and be with us as a church, God, as we leave this place here in just a moment. God, help us to have open eyes to every opportunity you give us to share your love and your light with somebody right in front of us. 
God, we love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.